Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Just for Sport here on the Props Network. Jamoke Davis here with you this morning, getting ready to talk a lot of sports here as we're live on the Props Network Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube channels. Please, if you feel so inclined, you are welcome to join the chat with me as well answer your questions maybe you like a take don't like a take i'm open i'm good let's talk about it i got a lot to talk about today we're going to start with the world series then of course i'm going to do my nfl picks for the week we got a game tonight it's a game it's not the most exciting game Unless you like train wrecks, which has been almost every game for the Atlanta Falcons. It'll be another one tonight. We're going to talk NBA offseason, the draft, uh, some offseason moves that have just happened, and the early odds again for NBA champion and MVP. And I've got my early take on both including uh, should the season start December 22nd? I don't know. I don't know. But then again, everything is about money. Everything's about money. And in Devil's Advocate, Trevor Lawrence should go back to school. I think he should go back to school. And of course, sports you don't care about. I'm going to talk about my Mumbai Indians in the Indian Premier League. They keep on winning. But I got their odds for this weekend coming up. I got a pick for them as well. But first, let's start with the World Series. The Dodgers are the champs. They are finally, finally, after what has probably been four long, tough years for them. And of course, you may say, well, it can't be that tough. I mean, they always had one of the... uh, top most expensive payrolls of any team in Major League Baseball. But they finally actually win the World Series in beating the Tampa Bay Devil Rays in six games. In six games. And MLB, Major League Baseball, they got really, really lucky. Really lucky. And I'll get into that a little bit later. But the question is, uh, that I noticed on MLB.com is, are the Dodgers a dynasty? It's their first title since 1988, the same year the Lakers won one of their Magic titles. They've won eight straight division crowns and a World Series. And so, you know, first I'm going to talk about game, well, I'm going to talk about game six shortly, but I just feel like, I mean, I guess you could say they are a dynasty if there's a such thing as a National League dynasty. I mean, three, uh, you know, three of the last four World Series have included the Dodgers in them. So I think from that perspective, you could say it's somewhat of a dynasty. But I also think a dynasty is about winning those titles. You know, you look like a team like Golden State. I feel like maybe you at least have to win two. You at least got to win two. So the Dodgers are not quite there in my mind as a dynasty. Dynasty. But I like what they did to win the title. 
I mean, it's crazy to think that they basically went with two starters. And, you know, you'd look at some past uh, championships. You know, go back to the Nats. They had, oh, I guess it wasn't that far back, 28, 2019. Um, they had Strasburg. They had Mad Max. And those were like your core starters. If you look, if you go back, I mean, Tampa Bay had three. Houston had Justin Verlander as kind of like their core starter. And for L.A., it was really Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw was the one starter, the one starter for the Dodgers. Now, granted, if they went to game seven, you would have seen Walker Bueller come back again. But of the four games, two of them were won by Clayton Kershaw. And, you know, you had Walker Bueller. But then you had this pitching by committee with, with uh, Dustin May and Gonsolin. And that's what happened in game six. They used six relievers, six relievers to win the game. Gonsolin barely went a third, I mean, one inning. It was just interesting to see how, you know, you talk about the NBA and how maybe Houston is changing the way that baseball, I mean, excuse me, basketball will be played. You know, Houston didn't have a center. And this isn't the first team. The Milwaukee Brewers have done it as well or kind of think they're famous for doing it, so to speak. But like you're putting in a reliever to start the game and then putting in either the start or second. But Dustin May was a rookie. And, you know, I think in many ways, um, I thought of him more of just like a reliever because he didn't start the game and he didn't last. You know, it's not like he was going six and seven innings. So... I thought that was interesting how they use six relievers. I'm, I have a, a bunch of notes and topics that, um, that I want to go through, and talking about the game. And several of the players could have been MVPs. Oh, the Props Network. Thank you, thank you very much. Yes, today is my birthday. I wasn't going to bring it up, and then I look on the chat and I see "Happy Birthday, Jamoke." Good to know the Props Network is thinking about me. They're always thinking about me. Thank you, Sam. But the champ, the champs, won in sixty games, uh, or excuse me, a sixty-game regular season, and so it's on. It's it's fair to put an asterisk. With this championship, same for the NBA. They played part of a season, had a long stoppage, came back and played in the bubble, and won a championship. It wasn't a normal season. Now, the NFL isn't a normal season either. Same for the NHL wasn't a normal season, but the NFL is planning to, to still play the 16 games. And so I think the asterisks, if they're sizes of the asterisk, font sizes, you use a 12 for MLB and NHL and NBA. 
you could use like an eight, a six for NFL because they're still going to play their full season as, as they plan to play their full season at least. But for this team, you played 60 games and then you had the playoffs. And even the playoffs was shortened a little bit. I like that they finish it all in October, still October baseball. I still got my Nats t-shirt from uh, one of their uh, promotions where they gave away, oh, Mission October, that's what it was. And I like the Nationals tweet to the Dodgers saying congratulations. And I, I don't mean this to say it's a knock on the Dodgers as much as it's just, it's just a fact. It's just a fact that this season was different. It was shorter. You may not have had the bullpen to the advantage that you had them on the Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Devil Rays if you didn't play a shortened season. That's all I'm saying. For batters, they aren't as tired, right? 162 games compared to 60 in a regular season is completely different. Completely different. But it's okay. They're still the champs. And that's fine. And the players that I love watching the most was Clayton Kershaw. Not just the fact that he won his two games after, you know, before the World Series started, talking about how bad he, and by the way, I picked the Dodgers to win. So thank you, DraftKings. Saw my money was deposited. Um. But when I look at the emotion from him after the championship, the title, the last pitch is the Dodgers to say that they are the champions. You know, you see him running in from the dugout and, you know, he's pointing to the sky and he's just beaming. And that's just wonderful to see. And I know that is like for probably any player that's waiting to win one, but after you've been to any of the championships multiple years, like the team I feel for the most that I wanted to win one, but not against the Washington football team is the Buffalo Bills. Four straight Super Bowls, nothing to show for it. I mean, that's awful. And they have to continue to wear that. And if the Dodgers had lost to the Rays, they would have continued to not only wear that, but also the fact that they signed the best player in baseball on the offensive side in Mookie Betts and they still couldn't win it, that would have been sad. But they get to win it. And I'm so happy for him. I know a lot of people were rooting for him. And I was also rooting for Mookie Betts. One, because he's not with the Orioles. I mean, not with the Red Sox. Not that my Orioles are winning games. But that's one less dynamic, great player on the Red Sox or the Yankees. The Orioles, I just don't know when they're ever going to get back. But I do root for the Orioles. Before the Nationals came into town, that's where I would go, right? My dad would we drive up 95 or BW Parkway and go to an Orioles game. Camden Yards. Went to even uh, one Memorial Stadium game before it was closed. Sat all the way near the top. It was great to look almost all the way straight down. So Mookie Betts. You see him running the bases, and I love that slow-mo shot where you can see his chain. I mean, it just looks so cool with the chain just swinging in the air. Mookie Betts is all smiles. I'm happy for him. I'm also happy for Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly, now granted, 
you know, Major League Baseball put some uh, tape over his mouth and handcuffed him from being able to throw any more pitches. And I don't want to say it's it's right to throw pitches at players' heads. It's not. It's not. Especially not on purpose. But Joe Kelly was the only one who seemed to really retaliate against the Astros. And I wish there was some other way to do it that's not that way because he ended up getting suspended more than any other Astros players did for cheating. Joe Kelly got suspended for eight games for throwing at the Astros, if you remember that, near the start of this season. So I'm happy Joe Kelly gets a ring. I'm happy for Joe Kelly because he stood up for a team he was just joining. That's the other crazy thing. Joe Kelly, it's not like he was with the Dodgers in those first two championships, but he saw something he didn't like and thought it was unfair and spoke up for every player in Major League Baseball that was not on the Houston Astros at that time. At the time, they were cheating, and he did. So I'm happy for him. And lastly, I'm happy for Blake Trinan. If at first you don't succeed, Trinan, Trinan again. With the Nationals, Blake Trinan would get killed, killed for not being able to come in relief, to be, to be a quality relief pitcher. And now he gets a ring with the Dodgers. So I'm happy for him. I'm not happy for Blake Snell. Brian Cash cashed out on Snell, maybe a little too early. Because Blake Snell was dealing. He struck out nine, nine through four innings. He allowed just two hits over five in the third frames. And he only threw 73 pitches. Okay, fine. He gave up a one-out single to Austin Barnes. And the top of the lineup was coming up to bat. And all of the analytics say that Blake Snell should not be facing a lineup the third time around. And here's why. Here's why. Okay? In the regular season, in their first appearance against Snell, they were batting 140. It jumped up to 307 and 304 on the second and third plate appearance, respectively. But Blake Snell looked like the Cy Young winner in 2018 in this game. Come on, you were watching the game, you were like, he looks good. I don't know. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to hit Blake Snell tonight. Betts, Seager, Justin Turner, 0 for 6 with six strikeouts against Snell in game six. Betts and Seager were one for nine against Snell in the series. And lastly, the Dodgers were batting just 215 when they're facing a starting pitcher for the third time through the order in the regular season. Actually, that was my second to last. My last one is that Nick Anderson, who was Blake Snell's replacement, was allowing a run in his last six appearances. So it begs to differ in my mind, in my mind, why do you take him out? I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. 
Blake Snell said, quote, Cash is a hell of a manager. You can't take that away from him. If Nick's gets if Nick gets out of the jam like he usually does and our bullpen holds it down like they usually do, nobody is talking about it. At the end of the day, I see both sides. But with the way I felt that game and what he was able to see during that game, I don't want to be taken out of that game for the most part. Me and Cash, I'm going to side with him because I knew how good of a manager he is. And it's just tough because it felt so good. I can only imagine it felt so good. You can see Blake Snell cursing when he saw Cash coming to take him out. But in my mind, as I'm watching it, I felt like I was looking at, if you remember, I want to say it was game five in the Heat Lakers NBA championship. And Jimmy Butler, there's an iconic picture after he gets fouled on an AM1, or maybe he doesn't make the basket, but he's leaning over on the, uh, the table. And he's gassed. He's gassed. But the coach didn't take him out because he's your best player. Sometimes I wonder if the analytics, and especially it seems like mostly in baseball, gets in the way, gets in the way of just letting the, having a feel for the game. Cash was Managing like a robot, and he cost them a chance at winning the World Series. And I do believe that. I know it's somewhat fair to say that, you know, 100% true. You're right, it is. But it to me, it doesn't change the fact that there was a player, a pitcher you had in the game that was truly dealing. And I think you should have lived and died with him. Now, a player that I hope, we never hope, has anything more serious than maybe some aches and pains. But Justin Turner, he tested positive for COVID during the game. And the funny thing, and I was wondering why all of a sudden towards the end of the game, there were so many players in the Dodgers dugout that were all wearing masks. And I was just like, wait, what is going on here? Everybody's wearing a mask. And it just seemed like it was just random in the eighth and ninth inning. And I can't imagine how tough it was for Justin to just be randomly taken out of the game like that. Um, And the fact that they didn't say anything about it until the post game. It's also one of those things where it's like, okay, I get that you have a World Series to play. But I, I almost feel like it, it was unfair for you not to let the public know. Why keep it quiet? But the crazy thing is, Justin Turner, who was sequestered for the rest of the game, somehow found his way onto the field. It was taking pictures with the players without his mask on. you know. And I felt for him because I'm like, I can only imagine you want to celebrate. I know you want to celebrate. And the players were letting them celebrate. There's a picture of Dave Roberts right next to him. Neither one of them wearing a mask. I guess in their mind, they were like, hey, we were already exposed. So what's the big deal at this point? I mean, that's that's what I would take from it. What's the big deal? So there you have it. Now, the funny thing is, um, imagine what would have happened if there was a game seven. 
if there was a game seven, there might not have been a game seven because of Justin Turner. So Major League Baseball escaped what could have been the biggest catastrophe to end a season ever because they may have had to end the season at 3-3 in the World Series. Or you postpone game seven for a week, two weeks. How crazy would that have been? Ratings were already down 32% for the World Series. They may have dropped all the way to near to nothing for game seven, or they would have skyrocketed because everyone would have said, wow, this is coming down to one game. Literally, no one has been playing baseball for a week or two, and now they have one game to decide the World Series. Either way, I would have been watching. But it didn't happen that way, and the Dodgers are the world champions in Major League Baseball. And the stove is already hot, folks. They are already talking about next season. And I'm going to end on this note. Future 2021 World Series champs. You can get the Rays at plus 1,200. You can get the Dodgers at plus 480. I'm picking the Dodgers to repeat. That's my early pick. Dodgers repeat at World Series champions. And then, and then you can say it's a dynasty. It's a dynasty. All right, coming up next, we've got some National Football League to talk about. But before that, BetMGM is a new online sportsbook that is taking over the online betting nation. Not only does BetMGM have some of the best odds on all the major sports, but they also offer some of the industries, the industries strongest weekly promos this week at bet mgm you can get a free 20 dollars in play wager when you bet 50 dollars or more on any live nfl game any live nfl game and i've got my fantastic four coming up that i'm going to give you the picks on or you can get up to 100 free bet in the free to play Pick three first touchdown NFL challenge. And as always, you get a $10 free bet in the Money Monday Club. But that's not all. Right now, BetMGM has a special signing bonus for the Props Network listeners. All you have to do is create a Bet New MGM and use Bet, get a new account at BetMGM and use the code JustSport20. JustSport20 for a 100% match on your first deposit up to $500. That's right. Just enter the code JustSport20 and up to $500 bonus bankroll is yours. Remember the code JustSport20. But you must be 21 and over to bet. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. Call them today. All right. So we've got NFL football coming up. And I've got my fantastic four games that I'm going to talk about here before I get to some other stories in the National Football League. First one up, Thursday night, the one and six Falcons against the three and four Panthers. What kind of a game is this? What are we looking at, people? What are we looking at, people? 
We're looking at the third best offense versus the ninth best off offense. Who knew? The Falcons are one and six, and they have the third best offense in the National Football League. But as I said on Monday's show, part of that reason is they've had some really unlucky bounces. They're one and six. They could very well be four and three. So many, so many of their games were like heartbreaking losses. The Cowboys. I mean, that to me, that was, I don't know, was that the worst game for the Falcons? I mean, that's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But here we go. Monday Night Football. We got the Carolina Panthers at minus two. You can get that at one at 106. The over under at 51 at minus 110. Money line Falcons at 115 plus 115 and the Carolina Panthers at minus 130. Now the Falcons defense is ranked 32nd. Carolina Panthers is ranked ninth. This game is in Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater has 19 uh, fantasy, 19 plus fantasy points in three of his last four games. And the Falcons allow the most points for any QB in the NFL. So that alone, I would pick the Panthers. The Falcons have three losses when reaching a winning probability of 98%. That's bad. The last game, the Panthers won 23 to 16. Four of the last six losses this season have come by seven points or fewer, so I think it will be close. But I'm going to take the Panthers at minus two. I'm going to take the over at 51. I think the Panthers win and cover. That's what I'm calling it. So there's your Thursday night pick. It's not the greatest game, but it's the only game. And last night, boy, did I miss sports. I did. I missed sports. I was looking around, couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything. All right, the big game of the weekend. I didn't want to save it for last. I'm, I'm going down the line is how the game start. One o'clock, M&T Bank Stadium. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Baltimore Ravens. We got Baltimore at minus four. You can get that at minus 107. Or you can take the Steelers at plus four at minus 114. Over under at 46 and a half. And the money line, the Steelers at plus 175. And Baltimore at minus 200. This is a tough game to pick. This is a really tough game to pick. 
And I this the, the, they're so evenly matched. And as I mentioned last time, to me, this game is the second best rivalry that you have in my in, in, that I like to watch. First one is always, always Washington football team and Dallas Cowboys. Wish the Washington football team is 1-0 this year. Let's see if they can sweep the Cowboys. They might. They might have a shot at doing that this year. But Baltimore against the Steelers, you obviously in many ways can put this above Washington and Dallas because both of these teams are winning and have been winning for so long. Baltimore 6-0, Ravens are 5-1. Offense, Steelers are ranked 24th. Ravens are ranked 28th. So these offenses are not as good as they have been in the past, which is in some ways surprising. But it's that defense, the defense. The Steelers are ranked one, number one in the NFL, and the Ravens are ranked fifth. The Ravens won the last meeting 28 to 10. They won the, the last meeting 28 to 10. The second longest streak in the NFL of 20 plus points per game is Baltimore. They have 29 consecutive games where they scored 29, 20 plus points. The Steelers are averaging 30 points per game and the Ravens 29.8. I mean, I don't know how more even this matchup can be year after year. Year after year. Lamar Jackson has a 24 and 4 career record as a starter. His winning percentage is 857, highest in the NFL since 1950 with 20 with a minimum 20 starts. The Ravens head coach John Harbaugh. The Ravens are 10 and 2 in their first game after a bye week. They won four straight. And this is after a Ravens bye week. This is a very, very tough game to pick. And as much as I hate to say it, and for my wife, I know she hopes I eat my words, but I think the last undefeated team is going to fall on Sunday. I think the Ravens win. But I actually, I may take the Steelers plus four because I think it's going to be close. And boy, I tell you what, well, I don't, I mean, I guess you could say the Vegas odds, but soon who knows where all these odds are coming from, right? There's so many sports books and, you know, Rivers Casino and who's going to be making the lines in the future? We are, as we bet, of course. But that, that, that minus four, I don't know. I think we're talking three points or less. So maybe take the Steelers plus four. I'm taking the under at 46 and a half. 
I think this is going to be um, a slugfest. This is going to be defensive football at its best. Now, what you won't see in a defensive game, but another game that I am looking forward to is the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the New York Jets. Now, in this game, you've got a 6-1 and one Chiefs team against an 0-7 Jets team. Can it get any worse? Can it get any worse? Yeah, it can. The Chiefs are favored at 19 and a half. 19 and a half. You have the worst offense against the fourth best offense in the Chiefs. The 26th ranked defense against the 23rd ranked defense. The Chiefs defense is not that good. But we're talking about the Jets here. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. If you're taking the Chiefs at minus 19 and a half, you can get that at minus 106. The over-under at 49 at minus 110. And the money line, the Jets at plus 1150, minus 2,000 for the Chiefs. The Jets have no shot here, right? They have no shot. No shot to win this game. The Jets have scored fewer than 20 points in six of their seven games this season. Adam Gase. Adam Gase, 31 of his 41 losses have been by 10 points or more. I just don't see it. And then you got Le'Veon Bell back going up against his former team in the Jets. And I guess I shouldn't say Le'Veon Bell back wasn't exactly what I meant, but Bell's going to go off. The Chiefs fans and Andy Reid, for that matter, are going to be ringing Le'Veon's bell all game. He's going to go off. He is going to go off. Two of Le'Veon's Bell six carries in his first game with Kansas City last week were for 16 yards. Bell had one carry, one carry of 15 plus yards in 264 attempts with the Jets. I don't know if it can get any worse for the Jets. I really don't. This is going to be bad. It's going to be bad. So I'm taking the Chiefs at minus 19 and a half. I'm taking the over at 49 and a half. And bottom line, the Chiefs are going to win and cover. And the Jets will be 0 and 8. And I don't think I'm going to be eating my words with that pick. But it'll be fun to watch the massacre. There's no doubt about that, because it will be. It will be a massacre. And then we have my last game is, I was trying to decide, and I try to go based off of games that I like. You've got Patriots, Bills, which the Patriots, no one expected them to be as bad as they are. Um, and I'm especially for Patriots fans, like, I mean, they're two and four. No one expected that, but I don't want to put it all on Cam Newton. I put on Bill Belichick. He wanted Cam Newton. You knew what Cam Newton did with Carolina last year. So this is Bill Belichick. 
We're the Patriots fans. You cannot turn around and then try to say, oh, it's Cam Newton. It's not Bill Belichick. No, Bill Belichick brought in Cam Newton. So this falls on Bill Belichick. And Cam Newton may be suffering from post-COVID symptoms. He really may be. But they're playing at two and four at the Bills at five and two. Then I thought, okay, maybe I'm going to go with Saints-Bears. You got the Saints at four and two against the Bears at five and two. And the other game I was trying to decide if I wanted to pick were Rams-Dolphins. Rams at five and two, Dolphins at three and three. Can the Rams make it a three-peat, so to speak, in L.A. and win the Super Bowl? Who knows? But I'm going with Saints-Bears. The Saints are playing in cold weather. That's not good for Drew Brees. But the Bears are coming off of a short week. And I think that will play into this game. The Saints are 4-2. and two, The Bears are 5-2. and two. The Saints' offense is ranked 20th. Bears ranked 23rd. But the Saints' defense is ranked 3rd, while the Bears' defense is ranked 15th. But the Bears' extra added defense is the weather. It's going to be cold up there. It's going to be cold. The Saints are favored at minus four, at minus 120. The over-under is at 43 and a half. Money line, Saints at minus 215. Bears at plus 185. I'm going with the Bears. I'm taking the Bears at plus four. And I'm taking the under at 43 and a half. Entering week eight, the Saints have the fewest, biggest plays in the NFL. Rushes of 10-plus yards or receiving yards of 20-plus yards, receptions of 20-plus yards. I don't see that number being any better this game. The Bears' defense is allowing an opposing passer rating of 78, third lowest in the NFL. Drew Brees is going to have a tough time. Even with the fact that Drew Brees plays well against the Bears. You got two Super Bowl MVPs going up against each other. Can you believe it? Nick Foles and Drew Brees. And the Bears, scoring 19, averaging 19.7 points per game, are the only team above 500 that's averaging fewer than 20 points per game. All the other teams combined record is 7-26. So it's all about defense. The offense isn't doing it. But I think the defense and the weather will help the Bears in this game, and they move to 6-2, and two, and the Saints fall to 4-3. and three. And that's my pick. But staying with the NFL, let's talk about Bell and Brown. Both back in the NFL, Antonio Brown is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who play on uh, Monday night, I might add. That game should be fun. Buccaneers at Giants, not not fun. Chris Godwin's status as a wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is in jeopardy. He had surgery on a broken finger, and who better to replace him with 
than Antonio Brown. This is just amazing. And I read an interesting story from Ron Cook in the Post-Gazette asking us to imagine a Super Bowl with both Brown and Bell and no Steelers. No Steelers. That's right. You could see a Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs and Le'Veon Bell and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Antonio Brown. That would hurt. That would sting so bad. Two of the killer bees stinging the Steelers. That would hurt. That would hurt. And I was in some ways um, surprised that the Buccaneers signed Brown. But then you realize, but wait a minute. Tom Brady wanted Brown and got him in New England. It didn't work out. And it was sad why it didn't work out and all of the issues that uh, Antonio Brown in many ways uh, put on himself in many, many ways. But he's getting what's really now a third and fourth chance to make it right. And if they if he does make it right, boy, woo, watch out, NFC. Tampa Bay just got a whole lot better. And Bruce Arians said, oh, yeah, Brown looks good. He looks good. I can imagine he looks good. But also, as I mentioned last week, the Seahawks got better. They traded for Carlos Dunlap. Remember the bingo story I talked about on Monday where he tweeted that his 6,000-square-foot house with a, a lake view was up for sale? Well, he knew he was going to get traded. The Seahawks, they just got better by trading for him. And teams are starting to position for the playoffs already. I mean, you it's its kind of luck. I mean, you never thought the Jets would release Le'Veon Bell, but they did. And Antonio Brown, I think teams were maybe going to be a little hesitant on him, even though they knew his suspension was up. And the Bucs said, nope, let's grab him now. Let's grab him now. And now the, the Bengals send defensive end, who was really one of their top defensive ends in Carlos Dunlap last year. I believe he had nine sacks. And now he's on the Seahawks. Now he's on the Seahawks. And uh, they're going to be good. Not that you didn't think they were good. But let's go from good to bad before I uh, talk about what is a very unique bet. As already did, Bell and Brown is back. Did Seahawks got better? I got to get better at doing this captions thing. Seahawks are better. Now we're going to talk about what is arguably the worst story, the baddest beat. I have ever, ever seen in my, I, I, I guess I'll say young betting career. This is from ESPN.com. I found this story. I thought it was really wild. And I'm going to read it just kind of word for word here in this beginning. A stack correction that changed the sack to a tackle for loss in the Chicago Bears-Los Angeles Rams Rams game caused a $997,000 fantasy football 
heartbreak for a 41-year-old insurance agent in St. Louis. For 30 minutes after Monday's game ended, Rob Hunts, Hunts, I guess, thought he had won the $1 million first prize in a DraftKings contest. Everything had worked out perfectly for Hunts down the stretch of the Rams 24-10-1. One of Hunts' lineups that featured both the Bears and Rams defenses scored 92.7 points, the most out of the 170,000 entries. His computer screen showed a million-dollar first prize. Now I'm going to sum it up here. He texted everybody, oh, my gosh, I won, I won, I won. Then it said a sack that had been credited to the Bears' defense late in the fourth quarter was changed to a running play, a three-yard loss by Rams quarterback Jared Goff. That three-yard loss dropped Hunts' into a tie for sixth place with 18 other entries, and his prize money dropped from $1 million to Drum roll, please. $3,078.94. Oh, my gosh. Hunts told ESPN, quote, heartbreaking on many levels. He's never getting back. He's done. He will never get that back, and that is my prediction for the baddest beat of the year. It's not going to get any worse than that. It's not going to get any worse than that. It's not. Now, another bet is I was looking at different bets um, after I saw the baddest beat and then I was going online and, you know, doing my homework for the show. And one thing I noticed that were two interesting futures bets. Uh, you can get Pittsburgh to go undefeated 16-0. and 0, Yes, at plus 2,000. No, at minus 10,000 if you want that bet. I just said the Ravens are going to beat the Steelers this Sunday. So... It's pretty much in my book, it's over, but not, not bad. You can also get the Jets to go 0-16 on the other end of the spectrum at plus 260. But if you think they're going to win a game, you can get that at minus 335. So there you have it. That's NFL Week 8 in a nutshell. When I come back, we're going to be talking some NBA basketball, and then we'll wrap up the show. The PropsNetwork.com is a place where bets begin. That's right. They begin right here. No, the Props Network isn't a sports book. It's where smart bettors, smart bettors, and new players like myself go before the sports book. Before the sports book. Why? Because the Props Network has a few things that all bettors need. Exclusive sign-up bonuses, reporting on weekly promos, free betting picks, and live odds comparisons for every game. Every game. Every game you get them. A visit to thepropsnetwork.com before placing a bet guarantees that you'll be wagering with the best available bonus and getting the biggest possible payout if your bet hits. Or if your bets hit, because you're going to do multiple bets, right? Not just one bet, multiple bets. But the Props Network isn't just another bonus site. We've also got great content. Follow the Props Network on social media, YouTube, and Twitch for updates all week. You got Just for Sport. You got the Walk On with Joe Walkowski. We're a great Props Network team, and we're going to be adding more. Get ready to bet with the Props Network today. You must be 21 over to bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. And I'm looking right now on the Props Network. We've got Tour Junkies Nation. Here are your NFL picks for every game for week eight. You got UFC picks, Hall and Silver fight night. You got a lot going on here. 
So check it out, propsnetwork.com. All right, so NBA basketball. Spent a lot of time on baseball and and uh, football this this morning. But here we go. Early odds for NBA champion. You can get the Sixers at plus 3,000. And the reason I bring up the Sixers is because sources are saying that Daryl Morey will be the next team president. You see what he did in Houston. Now, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, maybe the Sixers are going to trade for Harden. Maybe Ben Simmons is gone with, you know, another couple of players, whatever they could package in the deal there. You get James Harden and Joel Embiid. Oh, boy. I mean, that might be a really, really dynamic team. And then you just build around them. But you could jump on the Sixers right now at plus 3,000, and it might be worth it. Might be worth it. Another one you could possibly get, hypothesizing here, as I am on Harden, I'm also hypothesizing here on the Brooklyn Nets. You can get them at plus 600 to be the NBA champion. I bring that up because how many of you remember that, oh yeah, Kevin Durant's coming back? Last time he played, they won the NBA championship. Granted, that was with the Warriors, but if you add Durant and Kyrie Irving and hypothesizing here and the rumblings of Bradley Beal may get traded, if he got traded to the Nets, oh boy, that's a potent one, two, three. It's a guaranteed shot at the chip, guaranteed shot at the chip. And it might happen. It might. You never know. You never know. But even if you just have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you could at least put something down on Eastern Conference champs. But I'm talking about the plus 600 on being NBA champs, assuming that they are going to maybe add another piece or two. That also would mean maybe Dimwitty's gone. Karis LeVert may be gone to bring in Beal and a draft pick possibly. But if you can get Beal, who should have been all NBA, by the way, it's a shame he wasn't. I mean, well, well over Ben Simmons. I mean, you take Ben Simmons out, put Bradley Beal in all third all NBA team any day of the week. I mean, he averaged 30 points per game. I don't know how it didn't happen. But staying with the Brooklyn Nets, you can get Kevin Durant as MVP at plus 1,600. They win the championship. Kevin Durant's probably the main reason why. So that's an early pick that you can take. And, of course, the NBA draft is coming up. And there are all of these mock drafts out there, and you can pick who you think is going to be the top pick. I am just amazed that it could potentially be Mellow Ball. To think of all of the drama with the Ball family overall and LaMelo playing here and there and you don't know where he's going to be, but he ended up in Australia, played very well, and he could be the number one pick. How crazy is that? Ball leapfrogging over Anthony Edwards in some drafts. James Wiseman. Don't forget the Warriors, by the way, as I mentioned last week about another team you could think about to be the NBA champions. Oh, yeah, they have the second pick in the NBA draft. So they will have the chance to get a very, very good basketball player. And I don't like how some people use great way too early. You're a rookie. Is, is Zion great? He's, he was a rookie last year. 
It's going to be a sophomore. I say let's use great maybe four or five years with some consistency. He's really good. Let's stick with that for now. But the Warriors, you know, maybe they're going to get James Wiseman. It's a possibility. James Wiseman out of Memphis who didn't get a chance to play last year. He's a skilled big man. The Warriors could use him. I like Obi Toppin too. But if you go to mock drafts, there are all of these different scenarios of who's going to get what player. I find it interesting. Maybe it's worth making a, a pick or two on, on who you think is going to be, you know, picking the whole draft. It would be fun. What's not going to be fun or what hasn't been fun is the fact that the NBA has lost a lot of revenue. They want the season to start or negotiating with the Players Association for the season to start December 22nd. And Danny Green on the podcast already said, yeah, don't expect to see LeBron James for the Lakers. He was on the Ringer, the NBA podcast on the Ringer, and said, yeah, you're not going to see LeBron James. And I can't imagine LeBron James is the only veteran who at least was playing in the bubble. The only good thing about possibly starting December 22nd is at the very least, you've got a set of teams um, that weren't playing in the bubble. So they've been sitting since March, April. So a December start isn't bad if maybe, you know, they do, excuse me, boy, if they do come to an agreement that they're going to start and maybe preseason starts in November, take a break for Thanksgiving, come back. You know, I mean, I think you got to give it around three weeks before you get started. But I, I could see that happening. I could see it happening. But load management will have, it'll go to a new level. So many of these veterans may be sitting, you know, especially for the teams that were in the, the playoffs. This may be too early of a start for them. Not just because of the coronavirus, but everything's out of whack. You know, I'm sure most of these players are creatures of habit. Are they working out right now? I know a lot of them are. John Wall was in LA playing pickup games with Kevin Durant at what was formerly known as the Mamba Academy. A lot of players in LA working out, you know, are working out in their homes with their trainers. But as a unit, as a team, you know, you almost want to find out if they're that they're starting to play together now. And you get, still have free agency. You still have the drafts, so all of these new players coming in. It's all condensed. And I feel like, okay, I know the NBA has lost revenue. But even with that lost revenue, maybe you say, maybe you say, okay, uh, let's give it till January. Let's get out of the holidays. I know Christmas is a big day for the NBA but maybe you move it back just a week or two to January. And maybe that's not enough. Maybe it's like, whatever, it's, that's not that big a deal. Start December 22nd. But we'll see what the NBA does. But ratings are down, they're losing money. 
They still may have to do some kind of special bubble with no fans in the stands. I know it's only beginning, but I know I believe if I had this right, I think it was Bundesliga. You know, uh, Corona's viruses are up. So even though they were starting to let fans come into the game, now they've had to stop letting fans come in and they basically had to close the arena again. And that may happen if the spike continues with the coronavirus. So who knows? Who knows? We also don't know what's going to happen to Steven Silas. He's a new coach of the Rockets. He's the son of Paul Silas. They're finalizing a deal for him to be the Rockets coach. And while that is great, while that is great, as I mentioned about Daryl Morey, possibly sources are saying he may be the new team president for the 76ers. What if Durant's not there? And Steven Silas, who was an assistant under, under in the Dallas Mavericks organization, man, what if he's not there anymore? He's coaching under Rick Carlisle. You know, he's worked, you know, he's been good at nurturing elite guards and Luka Doncic and Kimba Walker, Steph Curry during his time uh, as an assistant. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him as a head coach. But if somehow he ends up without Harden, boy, that's not good. Look at this. I blew through my entire lineup here. My captions. Sorry, Sam. But it'll be interesting to see. I need an assistant. I'm, I'm getting someone to help out on Monday. I know it's, it's about time. But it'll be interesting to see what will happen for Steven Silas. And I'm happy for him. And for better or for worse, I have talked, I've been on record talking about minorities getting an opportunity as a head coach. Steven Silas is 47. He's the first hire, the Rockets' new GM, Raphael Stone, who replaced Daryl Morey. And I'm happy to see him get a shot. I'm happy to see him get a shot with a winning team, with a team that has, you know, a chance to make some noise in the NBA. I am happy about that. So we'll see. Now, what I know Clemson fans will not be happy about, Clemson fans will be happy about, but Jets fans will not be happy about is this, if this happens, is the potential for Trevor Lawrence to go back to school. He's 31-1 at Clemson, sitting atop the rankings. Only loss was in the national championship game to LSU. And Stephen A. brought it up. Not that, you know, he's on the biggest platform on ESPN. I'm on maybe my own platform here on the Props Network. But I said... The second I saw that headline, before I saw anything about what Stephen A. Smith said, I said, oh, he's going to pull the Eli Manning. He's going to pull the Eli Manning. And what did Eli Manning do? He said, I don't want to play for the San Diego Chargers. And I immediately was turned off by Eli Manning when he walked on that stage. He held up the San Diego jersey and shook his head with a smug or disappointed. It was like, no. Mm -mm. I mean, I thought that was classless. Even if behind the scenes, you know you wanted to play in New York, and Trevor Lawrence is trying to find a way possibly to not play in New York. You don't do that when you are drafted 
in the NFL. You should be happy and grateful and thankful. But no, Manning coming from the special Manning family, he was looking like a brat to me. He looked like a brat. But then that made me think about that draft, that 2004 NBA draft. We're going into the draft the season before that. The Giants were 4-12, and and so were the San Diego Chargers. So I don't even quite understand why Eli Manning was so, no, I don't want to play there. I'm not playing there. They were both bad teams going into that draft. Manning won two Super Bowls, so it did work out for the Giants. Phillip Rivers won zero, so it didn't work out for the San Diego Chargers. But the interesting thing that I noticed is that the San Diego Chargers actually had just as much success in the regular season, and I know that doesn't matter, as Eli Manning. Eli Manning only had seven winning seasons out of the 16 seasons he played for the Giants. Did you know that? So it's not like this guy was killing it, but I guess in some ways when you win a Super Bowl, who cares? Who cares, right? That draft also had Big Ben in it. And I would say the team that got the better of the quarterbacks were the Steelers. The Steelers, they always draft well. And they drafted very, very well then. Now, Ben Roethlisberger, you can call him great. You can call Ben Roethlisberger great. Check this out. Rookie season. The Steelers went 15-1. and 15 and one. They had 12 winning seasons under Ben Roethlisberger. Not one losing season. Not one losing season. Ben's still playing. They're currently undefeated. There's another notch on Big Ben's belt. And they also have won two Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls. So while Eli Manning gets a lot of the credit and I feel like when you talk about the best quarterbacks of the aughts, you think Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers as a top two. You probably would even put Eli Manning in there before, oh, and Drew Brees, of course, are the top three. And then Eli Manning, and then maybe you say Ben Roethlisberger. But it's like that makes no sense if you look at Ben Roethlisberger's record. If you look at his resume on the field, really, you can only put Tom Brady ahead of him. You can really only put Tom Brady ahead of him. But he doesn't, he's, I don't know if he's, because he's playing in Pittsburgh or some of the off-field things that have happened with, with Roethlisberger in the past. Whatever the case may be, he doesn't get the respect. Put some respect on the man's name. You got to. You got to. Also in that 2005 draft for Sean Taylor, drafted by the Washington football team, rest in peace. He would have no doubt been a Hall of Famer. And the Cardinals drafted Larry Fitzgerald, who not only I had the chance to cover him at Pitt, but we took an acting class together. It was great. It was probably the most fun I have had getting to know him and building a relationship, a rapport with him that was really cool. It was just really cool. Okay, sports you don't care about, 
but I do, and you should. The Mumbai Indians win again, and they play this Saturday versus the Delhi Capitals. You can get the Mumbai Indians at minus 134, and you can get the Delhi Capitals at plus 105. Now, you may not know about the Indian Premier League. And you may not know about Mumbai Indians. But at the same time, betting's betting, right? That's what you're doing it for. And you can get the lines here. They won by five wickets. Yesterday, over the Royal Challengers, and I think they're going to win win again this weekend. The best player for the Indians, Asurya Kumar Yadav, or Yadav. That's the player you look for to be the MVP when they win the Indian Premier League. You want to put some money down on him there. Keep an eye out for Surya Kumar. He's a beast. He's a beast. So that's my show, and I'm going to end it talking about something non-sports related. I'm like a kid in the candy store, which I missed that again already. There you go, sports you don't care about. But should, you should. And you can bet on them, right? Money's money. Money's money. Money's money. Don't forget about BetMGM Sportsbook. Use the code JustSport20 and you can get some money. Now, what you need money for are the holidays. And I'm a kid in the candy store. So I'm getting all of these catalogs. And I'm just enjoying like circling fun toys, gadgets for adults, Target has toys. I'm looking at Target. Amazon has a new catalog. I've been looking at Amazon as well. And then Legos. Legos. My son's into Legos. I'm kind of getting into Legos a little bit more, playing with them. They have these cool cars. I used to have a Porsche. I I, got to get the camera right, so I look in the right direction. They used to have a Porsche. But anyway, I know for the podcast, this doesn't work. You can't see the catalogs. But how many of you just have fun looking at catalogs and you're like circling stuff? I used to do it as a kid and now I'm circling it now. And then I'm thinking about games I'd like to get tickets to go to uh, when when sports are back up and running and, and you can just have regular fans and life is back to normal. It may not ever be really back to normal. But I get in a couple of jerseys that I want for the holidays. I don't know if I'll get them. You know, got to watch your wallet. You don't know what's happening these days with the economy and jobs. It's not easy. But I just thought I would share those catalogs and curious if any of you enjoy the holidays. And, and, and also, it's in, you know, when you have kids, it's another excuse to get toys that you wish you could have got when you were a kid. And now you can kind of buy them for them. And then I end up playing with them. That's what ends up happening. I end up playing with the toys. So... That's my show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Starting next week, got an announcement. Starting next week, we are possibly going to get Haley back. Hopefully, Haley will be back. She uh, came home from Japan. 
and she made it home safely. And we hope to have her back. You know, it's kind of tough with the time zone. She's kind of trying to take it easy. She's got a quarantine. And uh, hopefully she'll be 100% next week and she'll be back on with us. And we also may be changing times. We're talking about it, maybe. I like doing the morning show. I do. But we may be adding, you know, making some changes. So I have more on that. Check us out on social media, on the Props Network. We'll have updates for it. But thank you for watching on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube. Really appreciate it. Thank you for everybody listening to the podcast. You can hear the podcast on uh, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Stitcher, Stitch, Spotify, obviously Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Leave a review. You know what I'm going to say, everybody. That's it for the show. Ciao for now.